Repotted is presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where you can buy, sell, or donate your used outdoor gear. If you have gear that's collecting dust in your closet or not being used anymore, please consider selling or donating it on rerouted.co. That's R-E-R-O-U-T-E-D dot C-O. Now, on to the Repotted podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the Rerouted podcast. I'm here not with my regular co-host, Chap, but I'm with my co-host, Mary. Mary, how about you introduce yourself for our audience? I know we had you on the podcast as a guest a few months ago, but uh, how about you introduce yourself before we get to our very special guest for today's episode? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm a Rerouted team member. My name is Mary Eden. Um, I run the marketing and communications I'm also um, constantly playing and going climbing, probably too much. <laughs> a lot of a lot of what you guys see on our social media is content that's been collected and cultivated by Mary, and uh, we're we're really really thankful for everything that she's that she's done and everything that she's collected over over the past. I guess it's been almost eight months now that you've been that you've been a part of a part of rerouted. Crazy crazy how time flies, huh? That is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it is awesome. Well, without without further ado, um, we're really really honored to have Conrad Anchor with us today, uh, sitting down and chatting with us for a few minutes here. Uh, Conrad, how about how about you? You know, we could go on and on about um, about everything that that you've accomplished in the outdoors and and uh, up on up on the mountains. But um, how how would you introduce yourself to to a to a group here that's that's listening welcome folks uh my name is conrad anchor and i'm in bozeman montana which is the traditional lands of the silash kootenai lakota Kuro, and um other native american tribes known as the valley of the flowers so it's a very peaceful place um that uh people have always convened upon so um i'm uh been in the outdoor business since i um Starting in 1983, I worked at Hoya Bar Mountaineering, which was a mountaineering store in Salt Lake City. So um, I've been a part of uh, the outdoor world in one capacity or another. And um, yeah, I, um, great to be part of this and great to learn more about Rerouted and everything that uh, your team is working on. Well, Conrad's Conrad's so humble because there's a long there's a laundry list of accomplishments that we that we could list and and things that uh, that would that would probably uh, make him not as comfortable being on being on, <laughs> on on recording with us. But we'll uh, we'll be sure we'll be sure to share in our blog post some of the some of the really special things that that Conrad has been a part of. But we want to get back to where it all started, Conrad. How did you initially get interested in the outdoors? Um, you know, for a lot of us, it's it's as a kid. For some of us, especially over the last couple of years, there's been a huge influx to people getting into the outdoors. Um, how how did you get your start? Um, yeah, uh, my family's from Central California on my father's side, so Tuolumne County, and we would go in the backcountry every summer. So that's what summer vacation was two weeks with a backpacking with donkeys or mules and adventures like that. And that's what we, um, when you're taught that at age two, you know, you're not like, you know, 
when you're a teenager, you put up a stink and you can make you like, I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere else. By then I was already enjoying it too much. So it was just, uh, I had the good fortune to be introduced to the outdoors uh, by my parents. And how, I guess, so how did you get into, into mountaineering then? If it, if it started as, as just kind of family, family trips in, in the outdoors, how did you kind of transition into, into mountaineering? And when, when did it become more than just an activity that you did with your family? Yeah. Um, so we would spend our vacations going between Highway 120, um, which is Tioga Pass, and then Highway 108, which is uh, Sonora Pass. And so we'd go in between north-south one year or south-north the other way. So we'd always do that trek um, or that distance within it. And that was always um, where I, you know, I, I was where it was most special to me. And there was a moment when I at about age 14 coming out of the mountains that the pine trees were fragrant. The birds were singing. The Creek was there. The pack was felt light. Everything was just like one of those moments. It was like, wow, this is where I'm happiest. What can I do in life to spend as much time outdoors? So, um, and then that led to um, hiking peaks and then um, scrambling like that, but um, I learned rope climbing on my own and then eventually um, going on to places uh, like Tahoma, Mount Rainier, um, then on to Denali. But just, um, um, yeah, by, by the time I was doing it, I, I, I was like there. And climbing to me on this, um, it still has an intrinsic reward that helps me um, be a human is what I live for that getting three body lengths off the ground where things change because you're at risk of injury and you have to, you focus. And that's, that's what I need to meditate in this oversubscribed society. So I can't sit on a pillow and just get there for me. It's like, because I'm a situationally aware person and we live in such a very oversubscribed busy society that I have to be like, it has to be risky. And then that, that, that danger is calming in an odd way. <laughs> that's a little bit of a rabbit worn answer to your question. Well, that, that's so interesting. Go ahead, Mary. I said, I, I really relate to everything about that. You know, my journey was the same. I went outside and I was like, how do I do more of this? And then I taught myself ropes and I don't feel calm unless I go out and uh, do that. It's, it's so interesting because for, for so many people, they go out on, on, you know, some kind of trip somewhere in the outdoors and then they need time afterwards to kind of recharge for lack of a better, lack of a better term for, for that. I know that, I know that I'm that way. I, I love being in the outdoors, but when I, but when I get done with a, with a long trip, I do feel like I need some time, some time to recharge a little bit. It seems like for you guys, you're, that's where you recharge the best. That's where you can kind of reach that, that kind of full, full capacity. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I going outdoors where there's trees and everything like that it allows me to, to sort of re release from so much that we have in society. And I come back physically tired, but sleep and, and, and a healthy diet and, and can, are, are the foundation of that. But where I, where I come back tired, my, I am so much more like excited to 
to get into a workflow state, if we can get that or do other things to be present with my family, things like that, that really, um, that it's that, that manner in which we interact with nature and then also the manner in which we interact with other humans when we're in nature that makes this so precious. And when seen through a prism of humanity going forward, it's a, it's a healthy way for us to, to interact with other humans. And so the more that we can go outside and, and be humbled by nature and in turn depend on other people for that experience, the, it really makes for um, a good way forward for, for all people. You mentioned a really interesting point there um, that I want to get back to, that there's kind of inherent danger and risk in in the outdoors, um, but that you find that part of you finds that that calming a little bit. And that's, uh, you know, a bit of the space where you feel where you feel most most comfortable. Before we get there, I do want to ask, um, when did your partnership with the North Face start? Uh, that began in 1983. So. Okay. Yeah, I just I I know that that's something that you're you're a North Face athlete, and people um, that's something that a lot of folks who are who are listening will will be will be aware of. And uh, I just I'm I'm curious how how a partnership like that comes to fruition. Obviously, if you started in in 1983 and we're we're here in in 2021, that's been a that's been a, a I'm sure a great relationship for both both you and the company. Um, but I'm I'm curious how a partnership like that starts. Um, yeah, 1983, I worked at the retail store, Holly Bar. I was a student at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. And um, Holly Bar was owned by North Face at the time. And a couple of years later, they changed the name to North Face. So it became a retail store for the North Face. And um, 1987, um, age 24, I got a young Alpine, a young climber grant from the American Alpine Club, $400. And so we drove a Ford Econo line up to Alaska. Did a second ascent, new route into Kachatin Spires on Gurney Peak, which was a lot of fun. And then, um, yeah, sort of um, that was uh, the beginning. So the foundation in, in working in retail and, and understanding the product and then being able to work with that. Um, in around 90s, 92, creating the athlete team, 95 to 98, working in-house. Um, at the time, we're um, a marketing team of about six people. And then um, 99 was the year that uh, I discovered Mallory and also the same year that Alex Lowe lost his life. Um, and then 2001, Jenny and I got married. And so um, working as uh, for a while as uh, the athlete team captain, but now uh, Hillary's doing that. So, but always um, it's great to be part of a company that makes products that allows human to like in a very lofty sense to self-actualize i mean we're we go outdoors because we work hard and it's our time off and it's what we want to do and we and, and we're rejuvenated with it and so it's um it's it's work that i can believe in that has the right intention and that that to me is uh, yeah creating something that creates harm. We're creating something that creates goodwill. And, um, and it's important in this, where we are in um, at this crossroads of climate crisis, social justice, um, so, many other, so many forces are, are upon society now that 
we can be leaders in our own personal lives, but then also to seek that within the business community. That's something at Rerouted that's incredibly important to us. We we chatted a little bit about this uh, at Outdoor Retailer uh, a couple of weeks ago, or guess just guess just a week ago. Lots happened. To, we're we're recording this a, a week after that conference, and so much so much has happened. It feels like it was feels like it was an eternity ago. But at at Rerouted, it, one thing that's so important to us is is getting people in into the outdoors and kind of enabling um, opening up that space for for anyone um obviously something that's just kind of happened over over the last 10 15 20 years is that is that gear has gotten really expensive and um yeah. and we're we're trying to offer a, a kind of an an avenue into the outdoors that that maybe is a uh, is a little a little bit less uh less costly for for folks i i want to talk about risk because that's um kind of the the meat of what we invited you on here uh to talk with us. So many people have been getting into the outdoors over the last few years. And you talked about the inherent risk of, of kind of being outside. And that's something that you find that you find comfort in, but that doesn't come with, uh, with any, any lack of preparation, just because it's something that's comfortable for you. What are maybe some things that for somebody who's just getting into the outdoors, you would kind of warn them about as it comes to being risk aware when you're taking part in these outdoor activities? Well, gravity doesn't care how good, how, ex how experienced you are or what quality gear or what your astrological sign is. No, gravity is this <laughs> constant. So for when anybody who's just listening on the podcast, he dropped yeah. a pen from from about two feet up and it and it just <laughs> falls like anything else. Yes. And so rule number one of being outdoors, gravity rules. <laughs> and two is um is be aware of your environment and where you're going and um take care of the uh, of the landscape. Um try to be mindful of your presence. Um don't pick flowers, don't take rocks. A lot of these common sense leave no trace rules that we, um, that we all, that are a, a good practices with us. But in terms of risk, um, know what afternoon thunderstorms are about. Um, study hypothermia and hyperthermia. So it's when your body gets too cold or too warm. Um, if you're uh, a person who likes to study, I, um, consider becoming a wilderness first responder. It's great class and it'll help you be a better person in the outdoors. And it'll also help you um, as a citizen in day-to-day -day life. So if you were at the market and someone had something, you would be, um, you will have trained a scenario in your background. So that sort of pre-training a scenario is another good way to address risk with that. But um, yeah, by the same measure, go out there and yeah, know what, don't get sunburned, but if you do get sunburned, know how it happens. So the next time you need to wear proper sun protection, um, know what, why you want to wear wool socks as opposed to cotton socks and you know, how you take care of your feet. Um, little things that go a long ways. Um, knowing what your food preferences are and how you cook in, um, on your camping trip are all really helpful things. But um, yeah, there's some, um, don't, don't be afraid go out there and, and, and get on your first adventure. 
go tomorrow. This weekend is calling you. <laughs> One piece of advice I would I would give is is to uh, make sure that whatever whatever mode of uh, water whatever water purification system that you're using while you're outdoors, make sure that that works before before you head out there. Um, there, I know that I've had some situations where we were you know testing out some different water purification systems and they and they weren't weren't quite working as uh, as we as we had hoped and and um so that's i mean but just to go off what what conrad was saying just kind of be aware and be prepared and kind of do do your research do your research beforehand um it's it's great to it's great to get outside but to but to just jump in the car and kind of and kind of blindly blindly drive somewhere and and hop on a trail um you know maybe it's maybe it's good to to take a little bit of time and kind of understand where you're going and and what's out there um, it's important to, like Conrad was saying, know the weather and also bring enough water and salty snacks because I kind of came of age in the desert and it, the heat is harsh. So just kind of wrapping up here a little bit, maybe a, maybe a couple more questions, but we were talking about how rerouted is focused on kind of getting gear back into people's hands and back into the outdoors. What are some things that people should be aware of when purchasing uh, used gear from a company like rerouted? We're, we're very careful not to sell certain things that might, uh, might compromise someone's safety. We don't sell helmets. We don't sell climbing ropes. We don't, uh, we don't sell used harnesses, um, just things that might, might wear out over time and, and might, uh, might not be, might not maintain kind of that, that highest, uh, highest quality. Um, but what are, what are some other things that people should maybe be aware of when, when purchasing used gear? Yeah. So, um, it's a good way to, um, to have that as a foundation that rerouted does not sell um, equipment that needs a CE rating or UIAA approval. And so that equipment, our ropes, our harnesses, um, those are your life support system. And look at them as fuel. It's like buying a tank of gas and you know they wear out, you use it, cut them up and get them done with. But um, it's good to have that foundation with that. But when you're looking, um, Along the other line, there's some um, uh, with packs, sleeping bags, pads, cook sets, stoves. There's so many other bits of gear that um, that that we need when we go outdoors. And that um, by having rebranded or pardon me, by having rebrouted, <laughs> rerouted. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm on. <laughs> This is um, this is like this is almost hour two or three of Zoom. So, oh I got, no, I need to go. I need to go do get on the get on the grasshopper board and do some problems. <laughs> so I can I can learn again. But but there's there's a um a tremendous amount of um of gear that rerouted can offer to you, and it doesn't. When you're like, oh, I got rerouted. Um, sometimes it's a more efficient route when you're driving or something like that. But then also when you're climbing, a reroute could be like this creative new thing. And, and it's something that works in there. And that something that you pick up um, from this team here might have um, have been on an adventure onto the Sunwerfell Swell or 
um, gun hike sections of the Appalachian Trail. And that, that sort of connection is, um, it makes it, you know, it's like a warm, fuzzy feeling with the gear. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I just want to put everything you said on a t-shirt. <laughs> we yeah. might, we might put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no, that's, um, that's awesome. And, and we like to talk about how much life gear has left in it that, you know, there a piece of gear, you know, a backpack or, you know, a, a vest or a, you know, a sweatshirt or, or something or, or, and, you know, tons of other, other pieces of used gear. Um, there's probably a lot of life left in it when somebody is, when somebody is done using it for what, what they want to use it for. And, and rerouted is, is trying to offer a, a platform to get that gear back into circulation and, and kind of give it uh, a second, a second life. Mary, do you, do you have any, any specific questions? We'll, we'll wrap up with, um, with what, what we ask all of our guests with guests, which is what's their, what's their favorite piece of gear that they've owned or what, what do they, what do they have now that they can't live without in the outdoors? But if you have, if you have any other questions, we'll, we'll let you go first. I, uh, I do have one. When I was learning how to rock climb, I taught myself from a, from the book that John Long wrote, How to Rock Climb. And I bought it from eBay. And I also had a rigid set of friends, rigid set of friends. And oh, I can't talk now, I need to go exercise. <laughs> um, and for me, those things, but I did buy a new rope and I did buy a new helmet. Those things allowed me to like start my journey. Was there any critical piece of used gear that helped you Oh yeah. Um, I remember the, um, like raiding the family camping equipment and getting the, um, the, the canvas A-frame tent that always smelled kind of musty, <laughs> like the steel zipper and the mosquito netting that kind of worked, but, um, yeah, those, and, <laughs> and yeah, the sleeping bags, they were rectangular. They had like pictures of flying animals and reeds <laughs> and stuff like that so there was a lot of uh, good things with that but um yeah there um yeah what would be a a good piece of used gear that um i my i um in university i would um refurbish bicycles and and uh, them and so i traded um some climbing camps. So I was able to, um, my roommates and I at 352 University Street, Salt Lake City in the backyard, <laughs> we're always like kind of tinkering with bikes and you could always get one or two working and it was kind of neat and with that. And I traded them for some climbing camps and that, that memory is still with me. So, and I thought I'd won the lottery. So friends <laughs> at the time were like, I think they were $40 each, but in 1981 dollars that was the that was the moon practically <laughs> so now, now that buys you four coffees or something right <laughs> yeah well, I New know. craft cocktails <laughs> all right what is your favorite piece of gear that you own or use 
My favorite piece of gear, um, probably from on a, uh, a climbing standpoint, um, a rope does more functionality. So if I had to choose one piece of gear, that would be um, in favor, but also belay devices, harnesses, climbing shoes, we need a whole system there. But um, my one favorite gear um, in my camp kitchen is a small rubber spatula. And you can pre-clean all your dishes pretty much to rinse proof and you get an extra bite or two out of it. And that that rubber spatula is um, is kind of a neat way to um, to do that. And part of the way when I go camping, and which I enjoy doing, is that I'll think about the meals that I'll I'll have, and then I I build them out and get them ready. Um, I was in charge of that on Meru, and I that was like oatmeal in the morning, couscous in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no complaining. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, we've taken more of your time here than uh, than we said we would. We said fifteen to twenty minutes, and we're and we're starting to approach thirty here. So uh, I feel <laughs> I feel bad as the as the host that's supposed to keep everything on track and under wraps. I feel I feel badly about that. And oh and no, that's don't my feel fault. bad. No, um, no, no. We're having a good time. This is a worthwhile conversation, and and it's gonna. It's going to flywheel into good things. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have any, any kind of final, final parting words for, for our audience? Um, anything, anything that people should look out? Maybe you've got something, something coming out soon, or, or maybe you're, you're looking forward to something that you want people to, to keep up with. This is, this is your opportunity to, to kind of, you've got a, a much, a much bigger audience than, uh, than we do. But if there's, if there's anything that you want our audience to be aware of that you're going to be involved with in, in the, in the coming, coming weeks, months. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's uh, the Olympics happened and, you know, pretty much everything else is, you know, there's uh, along those lines, but um, find the values that brought you to the outdoors and the outdoor space and why it's a, an important part for you. Um, and that, um, and then embody those values and how you live your life. And I think we all do that. We're all working towards a, uh, a happy and, and um, a, a good place for humans to be. So I guess that's, <laughs> and go climbing, ride the roller coasters, wake up and just get after life. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Conrad. Uh, for for joining us for this this really special conversation if uh, if anybody wants to keep up with rerouted on social media uh, rerouted co on instagram and facebook at get rerouted on twitter uh, for myself mary and conrad that's been the repot it podcast yeah thanks <laughs>